that it brings his word from you. And we are attentive to what he has to say because it's all from you, Lord. We thank you. And we were, we're so, so, so happy to be here and to be listening to your words, Lord. Thank you as he brings it. Father, we ask for your power and your Holy Spirit to be talking through him right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. This morning when I was um, choosing which Bible to read from, my Jamaican Patwa Bible fell on my head. <laughs> and I was just wondering whether the Lord was saying something to me. So I think it's, I think it's coming. I think it's coming. Um, it's... Because uh, it's, um, it's, it's just sitting there and um, it wants to be expressed in this church. So, I hope you're ready for it when it comes. But it is the word of God, okay? So, I just thought I'd throw that out there. There must have been a reason for that. I'm still trying to work it out. But Anyway, we are looking at um, Matthew's gospel, continuing in Matthew. We're in chapter 23. And we had a wonderful preach from Richard Glazier, our former pastor, last week. Um, he, he shared the first um, few verses from this, this chapter. So I'm going to be looking at verses 13 to the end of chapter 23. But I'm just going to um, read a couple of bits from, from the earlier part of that chapter, which Richard touched on, just to put some context into what we're going to read this, this week, or what we're going to look at this week. So... If you're following in the Bibles, in verse 3 of chapter 23, it says, So observe and practice all that they tell you, but do not do what they do. For they preach, but they do not practice. Verse 11, He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself with haughtiness and empty pride shall be humbled or brought low. And whoever humbles himself, whoever has a modest opinion of himself and behaves accordingly, shall be raised to honour. So I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. (coughs) But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites or pretenders. For you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. For you neither enter yourselves, nor do you allow those who are about to go in to do so. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you swallow up widows' houses, and for pretense to cover it up, make long prayers. Therefore you will receive the greater condemnation and the heavier sentence. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you travel over sea and land to make a single proselyte or uh, convert. So I'll use that word. That's what it means. Proselyte is a convert. 
And when he becomes one, you make him doubly as much a child of hell as you are. Woe to you blind guides who say, if anyone swears by the sanctuary of the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the sanctuary, he is bound by his oath or a debtor. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the sanctuary of the temple that has made the gold sacred? You say to whoever swears by the altar is not duty-bound, but whoever swears by the offering on the altar, his oath is binding. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar which makes the gift sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And he who swears by the sanctuary of the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you give a tenth of your mint and dill and cumin and have neglected and omitted the weightier and more important matters of the law, right and justice and mercy and fidelity. These you ought to particularly have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides, filtering out a gnat and gulping down a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the plate, but within they are full of extortion, <coughs> prey, spoil and plunder, and grasping self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the plate, so that the outside may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you like tombs that have been whitewashed, which look beautifully on the outside, but the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything impure. Just so you also outwardly seem to people to be just and upright, but inside you are full of pretense and lawlessness and iniquity. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, pretenders, hypocrites, for you build tombs for the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, If we had lived in the days of our forefathers, we would not have aided them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you are testifying against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your father's sins to the brim, so that nothing may be wanting to a full measure. You serpents, you spawn of vipers, how can you escape the penalty to be suffered in hell? Because of this, take notice, I'm sending you prophets and wise men, interpreters and preachers, and scribes and men learned in Mosaic law and the prophets. Some of them you will kill, even crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and pursue and persecute from town to town, which happened definitely happened and Paul was one of them if you remember so that upon your heads may come all the blood of the righteous those who correspond to the divine standard of right shed on earth from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zerachiah son of Barachiah whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar of the burnt offering truly I declare to you all these evil calamitous times will come upon this generation 
O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, murdering the prophets and stoning those who are sent to you, how often would I have gathered your children together as a mother fowl gathers her brood under her wings, and you refuse? Behold, you, how, your house is forsaken and desolate, abandoned and left destitute of God's help. For I declare to you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed, magnified in worship, adored, exalted is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. So, a nice passage before lunch. But you know, it's in the Bible. We can't skip over it. We have to look at it. We have to try and understand it. I hope I can um, give you a, a little bit of um, understanding, but take it away and read it. And the, the first thing, there's two things I want to say, first of all. Number one is, when we look at a passage like this, we have to look at it in terms of how we how it affects us and how we should respond to it. It's not a case of observing, oh yeah, these guys are the bad guys. We, have, we actually have to look at ourselves and ask ourselves a question, which is what we've had from Richard and Verena the last yeah. few weeks. Because of course, this was addressed to the Pharisees, but if we're honest, well, if I'm honest, if I'm honest, I've got a bit of Pharisee in me. Don't say amen. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but we've because. <laughs> Thank you. I resign. <laughs> because we're we're broken vessels and we're being made whole. Okay, we're broken vessels and we're being made whole. And God, if we allow God to do so, He's sifting those things out. He's refining us, and that's a good thing, isn't it? So, <laughs> I've just been flogged. Just, just to <laughs> and it's, it's very important that we, we just don't look at this passage and say, yeah, yeah, he's talking about the Pharisees. We've got to look at ourselves, okay? We've got to look at how, how what are we like, okay? What are we like? And the second thing which I, I, I made mention when I was speaking about evangelism, is that Jesus repeated a number of words a few times. And if he's repeating stuff, it's very important we need to look at it. So, for example, the word woe came up eight times, the word hypocrite came up eight times, and the word blind came up five times. So what I'm going to look at is... Um, Three things that I'm going to look at. How does our Christianity reflect how we treat others? Reflects on how we treat others. So in other words, how do we treat others? And what is our impact on other people? How does our lives in Christ reflect how we relate to God? How, how we treat God? Okay, because we do treat God in a particular way. And how does our Christianity reflect on ourselves? How do we look at ourselves? Okay, because those are the things that, that sort of spoke to me in this passage. But first of all, let's look at the repetition, okay? So the first one is woe. 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 Now, woe, in the Greek, it's pronounced 
UAE. UAE. <laughs> Everyone say U. No, don't bother. <laughs> and the primary explanation of woe is grief. So Jesus' anger, you could see anger coming out of here, but actually it was born of grief. Because he's grief. And just to. Just, just to sort of um, substantiate or, or to, to actually confirm that, right at the end, he said, Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. He's grieving over this, this city, this group of people. So it was born of grief. Uh, and that's how he feels about the world. And if we're honest, sometimes about us when we get it wrong. Okay? It's It's grief. It's grief. The second one is hypocrisy. How many people in this room have been called a hypocrite? Just, just by saying that you're a Christian. You know? That word is banded about so easily because I was one of them when I used, to, uh, I used to think I was justified in calling all Christians hypocrites. I used to say it to their faces uh, and then I became one. <laughs> and then when it's been thrown at me, I have to admit, it hurts. And you know why it hurts? It's not because it's true. It's because I really love the Lord. You know, he's, he's totally transformed me. And, and I'm a work in progress, but he's transformed me and I love the Lord. So when people throw that at me, they're throwing, they're, they don't know who I am. They don't know where I've come from. They don't know any of us and where we come from. And it is, it is, a, it is a strong word. And... Um, so the definition of hypocrite is, I've just picked out a few. There's, there's, when you go on the internet, you've just got it all coming like that. The definition of a hypocrite is a person who pretends to have certain beliefs, attitudes or feelings when they really do not. Okay, that's one definition. Another one is a person who puts on a false appearance of virtue or religion, a person who acts in contradiction to his or her stated beliefs. A person who engages in the same behaviours he condemns others for. Do you remember when Jesus, when the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery to Jesus and remember what he said to them? You know, he is without sin, cast the first stone. I'd love to have known exactly why they dropped the stones and why they walked away. Because he knew, obviously, he knew when he said that but what were they up to themselves? Okay? The answers will be revealed when we get to heaven. And it also says, a person who professes certain ideals but fails to live up to them, or a person who holds other people to higher standards than he holds himself. Now, the Greek word is hupokritas. Hypocritas. And it means an actor under an assumed character. So what was Jesus really saying? They were fake. Totally and utterly fake. They were not real. They were pretending. So when someone bans the word hypocrite, I don't think they fully understand what it means. They're looking at something else. But we can stand up and hold, because I know that you're not hypocrites, unless you're hiding something from me. 
No, I, I know that you're not hypocrites. I know that people in this room, everyone in this room, are working out their salvation. Okay? However, we've got to look at this passage and, uh, and you know, ask ourselves questions. And the third word is blind. And the Greek word for blind is tuflos. Tuflos. And it actually means physically or mentally blind. Not just physically blind, physically or mentally blind. And that's what Jesus is seeing. So if you look at, bring all those things together, the grief, the, the, the actual pretense, and the spiritual and mentally blindness, Jesus was actually referring to those things. And so that's how we can kind of pick up and look at that passage. And really, in short, what is blindness? It's more spiritual blindness, and it's not seeing or recognising Jesus. Okay? It's not seeing or recognising Jesus. And, um, you know, and I would say with us, we've got a few blind spots, and God is working that out as well. Okay? However, we need to take this seriously, because the biggest thing for me about this is how other people are, are affected by how we live, okay? Now, uh, the clearest thing that I think we need to get hold of this, particularly in terms of, is making a distinction between um, hypocrisy, real, you know, pretense, and actually brokenness. Because in our brokenness, we, we sin sometimes. But the thing is, in that brokenness, and if we're connected to the Lord the Holy Spirit will convict us and then we, we just go back to the cross and we deal with it. So there's a difference between being a hypocrite and being broken or being a broken person uh, who's being made whole. Okay? So be encouraged by that. Anyone who uses the word hypocrite, you can explain to them what it actually means and say to them, actually, this is real. I am not pretending to be a Christian. I'm not pretending whatever. This is real. And you can be honest about the fact that you're, you know, you're working your salvation out. Because God is doing something beautiful in our lives. And looking here and seeing all you beautiful people, I can see it. For those who have been this, in this church for many, many years, you know, being someone who's been a leader in this church, I can see the change that has happened, the transformation in many people's lives. And it's absolutely wonderful. It's the best thing to see. So if I feel really happy and delighted to see you. Just imagine how God feels about you. Hallelujah. Magnify that loads of times and give yourselves a pat on the back. Hallelujah. Amen. So, yeah, carry on. <laughs> okay, so let's look at um, those three areas. I'm going to run through these very quickly. Okay. How does Christianity reflect on what and how we, we treat others? So, this is the really tough one. Woe to you, this is from verse 13. Um, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, you shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces and you neither enter yourselves nor you do you allow others to go in and enter. For you swallow up widows' houses for a pretense to cover up Make long prayers, therefore you will not receive. A, uh, you will receive a greater condemnation. Well to you, for you travel over sea and land to make a single convert. And when you, when he becomes one, you make him doubly 
as much a child of hell as you are. So how does how we live affect people? Well, I looked at this, I I read out verse 3 earlier on, and it basically said, listen to what they say and don't do what they do. Well, the converse is true as well, because some people do not want to listen to what you, uh, you say. They're not interested, and they'll tell you that. But one thing I've learned, and I know we've all learned, is this. As soon as we announce we are Christians, right, people may throw things at us, but they watch us. They will watch. And you slip up, and they'll drop on you like a ton of bricks. And you know what? It ain't a bad thing to get a rebuke from a non-Christian. Don't, you know, don't dismiss them as non-Christian. It's not a bad thing. Because I personally believe sometimes people are in denial, right? And they just want to see if you are real, right? All we need to be concerned about is that we are reflecting Jesus. Amen. And that covers all these things. The, the pretense with the widows taking advantage of vulnerable people. That happens, unfortunately, and it's very sad. And it could be... Uh, and, and you know what the, the Bible says about widows and orphans, vulnerable people, widows, orphans, the poor. But some people do that, and, and it's very sad. And we need to be those people who are looking out for those people who are vulnerable and, and loving them and showing them Jesus. Because the only Jesus that people are going to see is the Jesus in you and me. That's the only Jesus people are going to see. Okay, so if we're going out and witnessing, whether we're doing evangelism in the church or whether we're just living our lives in the workplace, people, they're going to look at us and what are they going to see? How do we react to, you know, difficult situations? How do we react to difficult people? They'll see that. And, uh, And they'll either admire you for what you do and actually acknowledge somewhere along the line that there is something real and something wonderful about this person just because of the way they live. Or, if we're not living in the right way, they will actually be turned off God because of what they see. And we want to be those people that are drawing people to Jesus. We want to be those people that when they see us, they're going to say, I want what that person wants. Has anyone here, have, had, I'm sure people here have had someone say that to you, I want what you've got. If it hasn't been said yet, it will be, because as we go deeper with Christ and as we get more of him in us and as we grow in him, people will see more of Jesus because we walk in truth, don't we? We walk by faith, we walk in truth. Okay, and um, but it's 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 such a, a serious thing because you know you can apply this to, to leaders because Jesus is addressing the, the so-called teachers of the day. But what I want to say to us is that, in a sense, we're all leaders. I'm a leader in this church, and so is Tanya and Kelly and other people in the church. But when you're when you're witnessing to your neighbour. You're now a leader because they're looking at you. They're looking up to you.
because you're the Christian and they're either not a Christian or a new Christian. So it applies to all of us right across the board that how we live our lives should be a wonderful reflection of who Jesus is. And that is, most importantly, just being honest, particularly when we, we get it wrong. Because people, they, 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 they know, they know and they understand honesty and, and truth, and they love that. And we don't want to, um, and it's sad, you know. Um, I, I, was, um, I was reading uh, about, do everyone remember the Bishop of Durham? Bishop David Jenkins, if you don't remember him, this is the guy who went public, bishop, a leader, denied or questioned the virgin birth. And it wasn't just a virgin birth, he questioned loads of stuff. Now, one of the things that disturbed me isn't so much that he questioned this stuff. A lot of people look up to leaders, and I've heard people say, so-and-so says it, so I believe it, rather than looking to Jesus, rather than looking to the Word. And that is, that is a serious thing. And I was in a situation once uh, at work where there were two, two um, gentlemen. Um, they both were, they said they were Christians, and they were having an argument. And they were trying to bring me into the argument. And one of them was saying, you are a hypocrite. And the other one saying, no, you are a hypocrite. And he said, look at you. And they were saying all this stuff. And they said, who do you follow? I follow Jesus. You don't follow Jesus. You follow this. And I was just saying, oh, Lord. And I was just sort of distancing myself. And then suddenly one of them said, anyway, I want to follow Brian. And I went, don't you bring me into it. <laughs> and I said, follow Jesus. Forget about me. And they said, yeah, but you're a good man. And I said, follow Jesus. I said, you don't know me. You don't know the mistakes I make. You don't know anything about me. You don't know that I'm a broken person being made whole. And it kind of went over his head. But I, that was the first time when it hit me, really, really hit me, because I was a young Christian, but it really, really hit me that how I live can really affect someone else. Okay, and so we need to really embrace this and take it seriously. And just, just take away this, that the only... Jesus that people sometimes see is the Jesus in you or me, okay? Let's look at verses 16 to 23. Just to have a few more minutes. I'm going to rush over these quite quickly. Woe to you blind guys who say, if anyone swears by the sanctuary of the temple, it is nothing but if anyone swears by the gold of the sanctuary, he is a debtor. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the sanctuary of the temple that made the gold? You say to whoever swears by the altar is not duty bound, but whoever swears by the offering on the altar, his oath is binding. Blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? And it goes on to say, He who swears by the sanctuary or the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. In other words, the, the sanctuary, the temple, the altar is kind of represents God in a sense. So the point I'm making here is 
in given situations, we can look at the gift rather than the giver of the gift. Look at the minister, look to the minister rather than the one who is behind the minister. And I've seen it many, 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 many times that sometimes God is substituted and we look to a person who, just like us, is broken and being made whole and, and we can be led astray. And if that person has a fall, that can affect us so deeply. And again, I've seen it happen in the church where leaders have fallen and for many people it has destroyed their faith. But we need to be those people who are rejoicing in the, the gifts and the ministers or the ministries or whatever we're seeing that is kind of representing the kingdom and focus on the giver of the gift or the ministry. In other words, we rejoice in what we see, we rejoice in what we hear, we rejoice in what we receive, but above all, we give every attention, every focus and every glory to God, and we just keep going back to God. Because after all, if you're a good minister of the gospel, in whatever way or form, the one thing that you're going to be doing is pointing people to Jesus. And if you're or giving them a desire to know Jesus more. They look at you, whoever you are, or whatever they see, and they just see beyond that and see the King of Kings doing his work, manifests in his glory through that personal ministry. And the danger is always taking your eyes off the Lord and focusing on the manifestations, if you like. I remember um, when, uh, I've mentioned this before, but when the... Um, uh, a lady and a family from Argentina who lived through the revival there. Um, they, I, I just said, what was it like? And obviously they talked about the, the goodness of God. The one thing that came up time and time and time and time again were people were more interested in the manifestations. They were more interested in seeing the results rather than the person behind the results. And I know that we are people who want to seek after God more and more. But I want to encourage us more and more to just keep pressing in to Jesus. And whatever you see, whatever manifestations you see, if you, know, if, uh, if you pray for someone and they get healed, then we remain humble and we give glory to God. Hallelujah. Absolutely give glory to God. Because again, I've heard of ministries that fell apart because the person who was seeing all the manifestations... They, they almost started to think that they were God in, in, in one sense. And it's a dangerous. There's, there's a, you know, these are dangerous areas, but at the same time, if we get our hearts and our minds focused and tuned in to the right place, then we'll be fine. And you're all fine, I know that. Okay? Thumbs up. <laughs> and how does it reflect on ourselves, the final thing? Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, pretenders, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the plate, and within are full of extortion, prey, spoil, plunder, grasping, self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, and pretenders, for you are like tombs that have been whitewashed, which look beautiful on the outside, 
but inside are full of dead men's bones and everything impure. Just so you also outwardly seem to people to be just and upright, but inside you are full of pretense, lawlessness, and iniquity. What's the most important thing to us? Is it how good we look to people or how good we look to God? Because we can't hide anything. We can hide things from people. It's easily done. And how many, I mean, I've been deceived many times. How many people have been deceived by someone who we thought were this person or that person? I'll give you one story. There's a guy that I met, and he was full of Jesus, right? And he talked the talk. That expression, talking the talk, walking the walk. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this is all about as well. He talked the talk, and uh, there was a Christian ministry from, um, from Kensington Temple, and they sort of extended to this area, and they opened up a shop in Plumstead, and there was, there was, it was a, a butcher shop, and they were selling meat, um, and they were just reaching into the... Their target was a Muslim community, and they were reaching into the community, and we, Verena and I used to go in there, and we used to talk to, with them, sometimes go in the back room and pray with them, and then there was this one guy who turned up in the shop, and, um, and he was really, he was always talking about Jesus and sometimes too much, but, well, you can never talk too much, I guess. But, and, um, and then one day when I went there, I always used to, not every day, I'd pop in there and, um, and have a chat with them after work. Um, and then one day I, I turned up and he wasn't there and I said, oh, where's he gone? And they said, he's run off with all the money. And I thought, oh my goodness. And then, probably about a year later, there was a program on the telly. And it was to do with um, this ministry that's um, in... Um, it's a ministry that, that um, they... they Jesus, Jesus people or something like that. And, um, and they did this... And, and they were just following these guys and... And, uh, and I remember this guy turned up and I thought, he looks really familiar. And then, and then I heard him talking and going on all enthusiastic and I just thought, it's him. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe it. And I thought, what a cheek. Anyway, this was a series that went on for a few weeks. And then after a while I heard they had a meeting and they said... Um, a number of people have had their wallets stolen and all that sort of thing. So this guy was just going around. He even ended up on telly. I hope, I really sincerely hope, that he's saved, fully saved and he's repented. But if you want an example of a hypocrite, that was it. That was it. Full of pretense. But we want to be people who are clean on the inside and it's reflected on the outside. That guy was so unclean. I don't know what else he got up to, but the fact that he was deceiving people who loved him and, uh, and treasured him. Um, I hope God has had mercy on him and he's saved. I don't know where he is now. But the key thing for us, I think, is in verse 11 and 12, which I'm going to wrap up with. 
He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself or herself shall be humbled. But whoever humbles himself or herself shall be raised to honour. Let's humble ourselves before the Lord and let's allow him to reflect himself through us. Because that's the key thing. That's, that's what's going to win people. doesn't matter what we say or do or whatever manifest, manifestation they see. Unless they see Jesus in us, unless they see his love and his mercy and his grace and sometimes his righteous anger because sometimes it's good to be angry. You know, unless they see that, it may be a bit difficult to, to win people. But we're heading in the right direction, aren't we? Yeah? Father, thank you so much that you are helping us to work out our salvation. Thank, thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.